This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'm Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Every time we do these intros, I have to think about it. Right. Because the other show I do, we do the intro differently. Right. And it just trips me up every single time. Well, and for me, I start, I don't know why that silence for me brings in random thoughts. And then I start laughing at my random thoughts. I was singing a song in my head as you were singing it. And I really just wanted to sing it. And I'm like, this, there's no reason for me to do this. There, there are plenty of reasons. There are plenty. But this one just doesn't fit at all. Okay. <laughs> it's just the last song I heard as I was coming, you know, in to record. So <laughs> the last song I heard before I came in to record was Come As You Are by Nirvana. Mm. Yeah. It was on shuffle. And that's what I got. Oh. Yes, but we're not talking about Nirvana today. We are following up on an episode we did a couple of weeks ago about the history of female clowns. And for that episode, we really wanted to get actual clowns to come in and speak about their experiences, but due to scheduling, we weren't able to for that episode. But we did find two female clowns who are willing to speak with us, and they were wonderful. They it was were, a delight. They were wonderful. I um, was so inspired just about it their really commitment was. and their love for it. Mm-hmm. It kind of had one of those moments of like, oh, you scare me in makeup, but I love what you do. Well, you even said that in the in the interview, and you were, they were like, but look how cute. They showed yeah. you pictures. They, and they were super cute, but at the same time, I was like, look, no, there's some things... <laughs> No. no, they were amazing, and they were so passionate, and they just—they're so loving. Yes, the empathy they had to the have empathy. alone, and just the things that they have to handle. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even really trained, as in like the profession, as a counselor would, you know, or yeah. a doctor, any of that, to be in that world. And they just sacrifice, and because they're there, how many? They were like. They're there often, yeah, four times a week or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, that's a lot to be. In that, and again, they they told so many amazing stories because kids are amazing. Yes, <laughs> um, and it was one of those interviews right after we stopped recording. They told like another amazing story, and we were kind of bummed that we had stopped right. recording. I was like, why, are we, why did we stop recording? Yeah, it was such a good story. They also did magic tricks, and there were bubbles. And oh, I filmed it. I know it's coming. Oh, good, yeah. perfect. There was a tutor. 
Just, just you yes. wait. Every time I hear Tudor, though, I hear I think T U D O R. Oh. So I was really confused I the think entire time. T U T O R. Oh, we're not talking about either of those. No, in this case. Not, it's literally T O O T E R. Very important tool. So you're going to hear all of this and more. Yeah. So let's get into the interview. Okay. So I like to start these with a very basic. Hi, thanks for joining us. Could you tell us a bit about yourselves, who you are, what you do, why you're here? Yeah, um, I'm Maya, and um, I'm the program director for uh, an organization called Humorology Atlanta, HA, and I'm also a healthcare clown. Our organization is a healthcare clown organization, and we put um, professional performers in children's hospitals to bring joy to people in need of joy. So that's what that's what I do in the hospital. I'm Dr. Mimi. Mm-hmm. Um, very serious and professional. Yes, clown. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm here because I, I think I was asked to be here because you're doing a thing on lady clowns, and I am also a lady for the yes. record. <laughs> I like you, you didn't just wander in here. She yeah. was invited. Yeah. I'm actually just a clown who busted into your... I was going to say, I just met Gina in the bathroom. I was like, hey, you want to come hang out? Yeah. Essentially that. I did see her in the bathroom. Absolutely. It was a weird moment. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Not the first time for me, though. It literally was like, oh. Won't be the last. She's coming to see me. (laughs) Turn back around. Those weird bathroom moments. Anyway, and you? (laughs) Uh, uh, Hi, uh, I am Gina Rikiki, and I am one of the healthcare clowns with Humorology Atlanta. Uh, My doctor name is Dr. TBD. Uh, to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 years old. She still doesn't know what her name is. Please don't tell people how old I am. <laughs> Please stop this. Sorry. We have had She's many clearly not a day over 22. <laughs> yeah. No. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone listening at home, I have glistening, dewy skin. And it's true. I'm very young. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm also uh, an improviser and an actress and a writer. And uh, But this is kind of my main gig and definitely the one that I love the most. Oh, Yeah, we were so glad to have you here because we did recently do an episode on the history of female clowns and the, the present of female clowns and the future of female clowns. And, of course, we wanted people to come in with actual experience, not just us two researching at our computer mm-hmm. to give it more depth. Um, could you go into a little bit more about um, Humorology Atlanta or HA, as you call it? Yeah, sure. So our organization is just about three years old. However, many of our clowns have been doing this work for uh, up to 20 years here. So we were originally under the umbrella of the Big Apple Circus. We were part of a community outreach program that they ran called um, Clown Care, which existed in several cities in the United States. But when the circus went bankrupt, and we had to figure out how to keep ourselves alive. So we started our own nonprofit organization here in Atlanta and worked our butts off to keep the program alive and to keep the clowns in the hospital serving the kids and the families. And yeah, so that's what we've been doing for the past three years. Many of the same awesome clowns, but we like to say newer, awesomer company. And now we've hired some new clowns as well, so our team is changing. We've got a team of 12 12 amazing clowns, amazing performers. So, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, We work in three different locations. 
through uh, through CHOA, through Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, who are, we are very, very lucky to uh, be working with. Uh, they decided to continue the relationship um, after Big Apple went under. And we always work in pairs. So there's always two clowns working each shift. Um, we have eight shifts a week. And... Uh, we have we alternate Saturdays uh, between two of the hospitals, and so we have specific rounds that we go on when we're in the hospital. You know, like okay, so today we're going to go to the PICU and the emergency room, and we're going to go to AFLAC, which is where a lot of uh, which is where the, the cancer research and treatment is, or uh, we're going to go to infusion or that kind of thing. And it, it changes from hospital to hospital and from day to day. It's really cool. One of the reasons that the, both of you are here is because a coworker of mine and I think a mutual acquaintance of ours, Lauren mm-hmm. Vogelbaum, mm-hmm. she told me when I said, oh, I'm researching this episode on clowns. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I have some people you should talk to. And I kind of forgot that there's this <laughs> whole aspect of clowning. And I think that is a big problem or at least like a misconception right. as people think of this one particular type of clown. Sure. But there's all of this other stuff and this like really beautiful work you're doing. Right. Um, and I, I read that you're also expanding into um, senior care mm-hmm. facilities, is that correct? Yes, so we are, we're developing and have just done a pilot for our, our new program, which is called The Exquisite Visit, and it's different take on, it's, it's still clown, but it's specifically geared toward seniors and even more specifically toward uh, memory care residents, and it's all about trying to reach the client wherever they are and to uh, bring them out into whatever space they exist in together with the clown. So it uses a lot of, you know, image, like costume-wise image from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and music from that time period as well. It's a lot about the imagination and being able to travel with the client wherever they want to go and make things come to life for them imagistically so that uh, you can have adventures together and have uh, an emotional experience together. So are each patient or the patients who are a part of this program assigned a specific person clown? No. The way that we have done it so far. We've done, we've done a pilot, a six-week pilot at Wesley Woods, and we had five... So cool. <laughs> it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And our, our senior clowns are a bit different. They're very elegant and polite and mannerful and really give attention to specifically to each person, and we go room to room just like we do in the pediatric hospital. So we'll go to the resident's door and knock and ask if we could come in for a visit, and then we come in and try to provide them with an exquisite visit where they are the star. Maybe they help us in some way. Um, We ask them for advice, you know, like, I'm not sure if this hat goes with this dress. You know, what do you think? Should I put a veil on it? Or, uh, you know, uh, asking them for There was this one couple that is just stunning and amazing, and they've been married for over 60 years. And one one thing that's different about going into the senior facilities is that you are literally walking into someone's home. Right. So for the children, even though we have children who are what we call frequent flyers, so kids who have treatment that requires them to come back or perhaps requires them to stay for longer periods of time, so they get to know us, and we develop a a longer-term relationship. Uh, relationship with them, you're really going into 
this this room where they have their most precious objects mm-hmm. and everything they own everything and they pictures own. of their whole history mm-hmm. and yeah so it's lovely to to meet them and to get some smiles and get some laughs and you're helping uh, reduce isolation and uh, help create a sense of community which is really important so. absolutely um, do you uh, I know before we started recording, we were talking about <laughs> um, the the other kind of tasks that you've had to learn or, or um, abilities or skill sets you've had to get, like to go mm-hmm. into hospitals. You're talking about hygiene. Yes. Did you go into some of that stuff? Oh, can <laughs> and we? <laughs> yeah. Well, first question is, how do you get involved to become a clown? Excellent question. This is, yes. Yeah. Um, well, so I guess it's sort of a combination between a traditional job and a theater job mm-hmm. or, or, you know, an acting role mm-hmm. um, where you come in for an audition and people who are interested in the work and feel that they have an appropriate skill set can send us a letter of interest and a, a headshot. And when auditions come around, which is very rare because this job is so awesome that nobody leaves because uh-huh. it's the best job ever in existence. <laughs> Love it. Um, so uh, adding people to the team is a rarity, but everybody that we've added is amazing. So um, then there's a, an audition process where you come in and you do a couple minutes of your best material, and um, we'll put you through some exercises and see if we can find uh, the sort of person who's the right fit for the rest of the team and who has the artistic skills necessary and where we can see a level of um, heart and love and vulnerability that we think would um, be an appropriate match for the emotional content of the work as well. Because I can imagine it's very stressful and very taxing. It is, but it's also... It's also very joyful Mm -hmm. and in that you are allowing a child to be a child. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not in there talking about what what next medication they're going to get or if they feel nauseous or what pain level that they're at or something. We're going in there and creating chaos and inviting them to play. Or sometimes we're going in there and we're soothing and we're singing lullabies or, you know, if... uh, you know, there was uh, one child that I was working with that uh, just had a, possibly a, a form of a CP or something, but she had a lot of spasms. Mm. And so the way to go in there was to go in there with a low energy and you, uh, you, you make a connection. Mm-hmm. And then she was able to calm down a little bit and then start popping bubbles. <laughs> and she was delighted. Mm-hmm. You know, she was laughing and her caretaker was was shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's one of the other wonderful things is when we go in there and we surprise the parents mm-hmm. or the caretakers because maybe this is the first time that the child has smiled mm-hmm. in weeks or, or, yeah. or laughed or gotten saucy. Mm-hmm. Or even moved or responded or tracked something. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. Right. It's uh, it, it's it takes when you're so when you're coming into this. We have all of our clowns have very different training backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all professional performers and they are professionally trained. Um, but when you come to this, it one of the biggest components is having a heart of service and having a comfort with every type of medical situation. Mm-hmm. And so it's not for everybody. Right. Um, 
uh, and it's it's tough for us sometimes. Right. And you have to be able to stay in a state of being hyper aware all the time mm. because you're constantly reanalyzing every audience. I mean, your audience changes uh, every two minutes, you know, and you're going into a completely different stress level, completely different age, different gender. Um, Maybe the kid is alone, maybe family's there. I mean, everything can be completely different room to room. So you have to be able to take in all of that information instantly so that you can make the appropriate choice for the child. What do they need in that moment? And that's what we want to be able to provide for them. Uh, We we have essentially uh, two hours on in the morning, and then we have uh, a lunch break for an hour, and then we have two hours on in the afternoon for the pediatric program. And so I like to consider that two two-hour sets, essentially, if you're doing like a show or an improv set or something like that, because as soon as we leave the room, we are in clown. And everyone we interact with, it's not the human Gina Mm-hmm. It's Dr. TBD. It's Dr. Mimi. Mm-hmm. We're still able to have adult conversations when we check in with the, the nurses uh, because we do uh, perform check-ins every time we go to a new unit uh, so that we can get kind of a temperature for the floor or places we definitely should not go right. or um, maybe perhaps information that will help inform how we approach the child. So if the child has any delays or sensory issues, we like to just know about those. We don't need to know a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. We just need to know where the kid is at. So if, you know, if the kid perhaps has a visual impairment, let's go in there with a lot of sound. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, in, let's engage them with music or, you know, fart noises. Yeah. <laughs> Which Dr. Mimi brought her. That's one of my specialties. I, so I noticed tutor. that you, yeah, oh, you had a couple gosh. of things. And I was yeah. like, what are these things? Oh, yeah. These are, I mean, this is f- f- for work. This is for my work, work yeah. stuff. This is yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we all laughed. We all did. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew's not laughing. Andrew's oh, he's not, not listening. Angel. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that went, oh, man, that one slipped out. Um, that one just slipped out. There's variety. It's like a conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. This is very impressive. Thank you. You might have, like, I feel like I have a really weird job, but, like, the, the stuff I have to buy and search, but you might mm-hmm. have to, you might have me beat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's I'm not a competition. It. We're all weird here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Sorry, y'all. I'm pulling out my camera. I was like, why am I not taking pictures of this stuff? <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep tooting. Keep tooting. This is great. We, I don't think, you might be the first props we've ever... Oh, she came prepared, sweet. man. Yeah, yeah. I got you. some more stuff in my bag, guys. So. Oh my yeah. gosh! We need to get crazy out here. Well, we can. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't bring my roll of TP, which oh. I'm regretting I brought now. TP. You did? You bring TP? Good. I feel like this is just like always prepared clowns, right? You got to be all be prepared. Oh. I always carry TP in case we have to TP somebody's room. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. so if we go into a room, and especially if the kid isn't there, and we know them. Uh, then we like to TP their bed, oh, TP yeah. the room, so that when they come back from maybe having x-ray or having a procedure or something, they know the clowns are in there yeah. <laughs> messing things up. <laughs> <laughs> or like a teenager who's on their laptop or something. Mm-hmm. We're just like, just pretend we're not even here. And then we just we're roll just the whole room. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Good. I did that with one kid the other day, and he was just... Because it's there's this beautiful... <laughs> this beautiful time in a person's life where they are so over everything. 
everything around them right? because they're preteens or they're teenagers. A lot of times the teenagers think that they're too old for us. A lot of times the preteens are just so embarrassed mm-hmm. that we're even in there. So we TP'd this kid, and he did not look up from his phone the entire time. The mom was losing it. <laughs> she was laughing so hard. And then we were just like, okay, thanks. All right, cool. See you later, buddy. Close the door. <laughs> I'm can, sure that's valuable, too, for the mom. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To have mean, a moment. And, and you know that distracted. kid cracked up the second yeah. door. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And the mom was able to go over and maybe poke him and just be like, right. come on. You didn't think this is funny? Yeah. At least mm-hmm. a couple of good pictures were, had to yeah. be made right there. So out of curiosity, how did each of you personally get into this position, this type of, this is what I want to do? Obviously, you guys love it, and you have a lot of empathy for this job. How did you get here? Um, My story's much shorter than hers, so Maya, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm also a founder of an amazing theater company here in Atlanta called Out of Hand. And one of the things that we did with this company was a, a, a lot of ensemble training. And so we brought trainings in from all different places. And this was like my thing. Mm-hmm. Like I loved training, ensemble training, ensemble creation, group physical work, physical theater was my jam. Uh, She's a big nerd, guys. I'm a, I'm a, I'm She's a, a little good company bit company there. It's wonderful. <laughs> theater and nerd. No, you're, it's wonderful. you're at home here, though. Yes. So Thank you, nerds. <laughs> um, so... You know, we had had to learn a little bit about clown in college, in undergrad and stuff, and I was like, well, it's fine, but it wasn't something that I really thought of as something I needed or wanted or, you know, I always wanted to do ensemble creation or maybe Shakespeare. Those were <laughs> not the things that I loved. <laughs> <laughs> but then we did some clown work with some of my colleagues that I'd been working with for a really long time, and um, just seeing them in some of the basic exercises that it's all about working on vulnerability and allowing people to see uh, into you and to have an emotional conversation with the audience. This was something that I hadn't really seen in that way and wasn't necessarily the way I'd been introduced to clown. And I saw something new in performers that I thought I knew their whole bag of tricks and like exactly how they would do everything, which I found fascinating. And I thought, well, there really, there is something to this. So then I nerded out and read a whole bunch of stuff about clowning and tried to go find trainings and, uh, you know, look into all that sort of stuff. And I got a little bit not obsessed, but I got excited about it. <laughs> and I started to really see the great value of it for me as an actor and how it's foundational, really, for an actor um, to be believable on stage. Um, and I heard about this gig, this uh, healthcare clown thing, because uh, a couple of my friends were doing it. It had just started in Atlanta, I guess. They were a year or two in. And um, eventually auditions came around. And I was like, I'm gonna, totally going to audition for that, it, just purely because I wanted to learn more about clowning. I didn't, I had, it's not that I didn't care about the kids at that time, <laughs> but I kind of had blinders on to that part, like the service element of the job, and I just wanted to learn about the artistic element of the job. But then I started doing it, and... Then she discovered that she has feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and my <laughs> mind kind of exploded, because I've always thought that... Um, art was good for people and that by being a performer I could I was giving something but 
not like this. Right. You know, this is just totally different. And it's, it's a whole new kind of challenge, and it's the perfect intersection of um, art and service and heart. And I, I that just, it kind of blew my mind. And so I didn't... Uh, I wanted to get better and better at it, and I I got so frustrated about it because I just wanted to be really great at it. And I had a great mentor on the team, Vincenzo Tortorici, uh, who was our leader at the time. He was really inspiring as well and really helped me on that journey. And then I left the team for a while to go get my graduate degree in England. And uh, She's smart, y'all. And, <laughs> and have a baby because they have a deal over there where you oh. can get two graduate degrees and get a free baby. I don't know if you guys That's know about amazing. this. Whoa. So yeah. I will not yeah. be going to my school. It's all so about shepherd's what pie and yeah. That's what me and my husband did. So we came back with a baby and two graduate degrees. Um, but luckily, uh, I was able to study clown and stuff with some over there too, and I got to come back on the team, and I was just um, ready in a whole new way as an artist and as a mom. And, um, yeah, I just can't imagine being without it now. I just, I, I love it and I'll do anything I can to keep it going and keep it growing and keep it getting better and to try to get us serving as many more people as we can. Anybody who's in need of joy, you know, mm-hmm. so. That's awesome. That's lovely, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, uh, I've been uh, in training and acting since I was about 13 years old. Um but, you know, we were talking a little bit before about how I lived in New York. So I went to school in New York, and I lived in New York, and it just burned me out, man. And so I eventually, um, my parents, who I, I'm super close with, uh, they were down in Atlanta. So I reached a point in my 20s where I was just like, you know what? Thanks, New York. It's been real. Bye. So I moved down here. But uh, I have been uh, for most of my adult life, I was always working some sort of day job. Uh, when I lived in New York, I worked at a giant financial institution, which was not fun for five years, um, Credit Suisse. Uh, and then when I moved down here, I've had, I've always had very sensible day jobs, and then I've chased my dreams on nights and weekends. And then it kind of, I, I hit this one point where kind of everything that I was, I thought I was moving towards, like kind of fell apart, right? And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to freelance. I'm going to be a freelance person. And so I was freelancing for a while and doing, a, you know, essentially like freelance acting gigs and all that kind of stuff and trying to pick up work. Then one of my buddies who was on the team was like, you should really come and audition for this. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, I mean, I have my, I have my BFA. I love, I love acting so much. It is, it is. If I'm not creating something, then I don't feel right. Everything feels off in my life. Um, and so I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I've, Children love me, but I've never wanted to have any myself. And I've always been like, I enjoy children with a time limit. And, you know, <laughs> so I was yes, like, I do know. <laughs> you know, I, if there was a child crying in public, I'd be like, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, kind of that insolent petulant type of reaction. So I I was just like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to try this. Let's just see. Um I love serving people. I love helping, I love serving. So let's just see if it works. Somehow I so I got an I got an audition and I did a partially improvised monologue based on a comedic character that I had done 
in a in a show, and that's that's my thing. Is I I love comedy. I love doing comedy, physical comedy. Uh, I've done some clown training, but I just love outrageous physical comedy. Guys, and it was so funny. <laughs> I laughed my face off. It was so funny, and it was about Botox, which made it even yeah. funnier. Yes, um, I was lucky enough to one of my buddies, Topher Payne, uh, who is a local playwright, um, wrote this one role that uh, I did, and it was a woman who had had a Botox accident, and she could no longer move her face. And so the entire, you can't see this at home, but I'm doing ventriloquism, <laughs> the entire monologue had to be delivered without moving my face. <laughs> um, so thankfully it worked. And then I got to go into the hospital and it was, I was so nervous because you have people there who are, they're experts at mime, they're experts at juggling, they're experts at magic. And I'm like, I'm a great improviser and I can make a joke out of just about anything. Uh, and so I was very lucky that I got to go in there and audition and Somehow I made it onto the team. The callbacks were in the hospital. So yeah. we do bring oh, people wow. into the hospital environment oh, before wow. we... I mean, yeah. yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. So I was kind of walking around and I was like, all right, okay, cool, cool. Um, it's it's a, My grandmother was in a nursing home for like 16 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm very comfortable with medical environments and with long-term care environments and that kind of stuff. Um so I went in there and I loved it, and I had I learned about hand washing. Yes, oh. guys, we're going to talk about that in a second. Yes, okay. we have to. <laughs> um, I really need it. <laughs> but I, uh, one of the things that I discovered, so you know, I, I made it through that, and then they were like, "All right, come on to the team for a probationary period." We had a clown come down from New York City, and she was working with us as sort of like a training week and that kind of stuff, and I. I remember sitting at lunch in our then dressing room at one of the hospitals and I started crying (laughs) because, I mean, number one, I'm a soft touch, uh, but number two, it was the first time that I understood that there was a reason that I had been given the gifts that I have and that there was actually a place for them to be used to make people's lives appreciably better. Like... I sang a hungry infant to sleep. Like, she couldn't be fed because she was going to have to have surgery or something. You know, who knows? But her grandmother was holding her, and I sang that baby to sleep, and I was like, whoa, what? (laughs) What? That is a thing I can do? Are you crazy? And the person that I was... um, With at the time, Dr. Notright, when we walked out of the room, uh, he looked at me and he said, he's like, you got the touch, buddy. He's like, this is this is for you. And it was just one of those things where I I was like, oh, of course, this is what this is what I'm sure I thought I should be doing this, guys. Um, So it's been a real learning experience. Um, And there are highs and there are lows. Um, and there are really tough days, and there are really just ridiculously fun days. But any day that I get to do it, I'm so grateful. Um, so about that hand hygiene, guys. <laughs> well, that I'm was beautiful. So oh, yes. thank you. That was, <laughs> that was, that's amazing. These are stories that I would have never thought of mm-hmm. when we were doing the clown special or the clown episode special. Mm-hmm. Clown episode. Clown special, it was. I did say, please don't let them dress up because I do... <laughs> I'm one of those people who does have a fear of the clown. You have a little the phobia. Yes, I do. I'm probably a pretty good bit. Um, I also told the story that with Annie, there's a very big 
backstory to that. That was a mm-hmm. negative experience on top of my yeah. experience at the circus yeah. with a guy coming after me. Just different things. The Joker. <laughs> However, the Joker. No, I listened. Right. right. Yeah. So it's just different things. But did it, aren't you the one who the Joker, pushed though. him? Oh, you're the one who pushed him. Oh, okay. no, I, I had four. another backstory that was too negative that I'm like, I'm I'm the negative Nelly of the group between the two of us, but I'm like, I'm not going to add this one. But no, so in, in general, I'm just like a little, absolutely, absolutely petrified to the point that even today, someone in full garb, but look, I shrink away. But look at Your these costume, clowns. Yeah, these, these this makeup. These are adorable. They are adorable. You guys are not on that level, but part of the thing that we were talking about was it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I and know. We're about to uh, we're about to start dealing with that once we go into the hospital. Oh, but yeah. let's remember, guys. Yes, it is not a clown. It's, it's a spider. It's a spider. It's a monster thing. It's true. Yeah, yes. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, we really should be spiders. Should be the ones getting yeah. guys. <laughs> a lot more people fair, are scared of spiders. That I'm is also, true. I'm not as scared of spiders in that letter because I can actually stomp one to death. That's <gasps> the yeah. Oh, I like spiders. If they chase me, I'm going to go you. after you. Yeah. If they I mean, yeah, come if, there's near a, me, if there's a saucy one, then yeah. yeah. If they're, if they're the hanging out in the corner, spider. then I'll leave them be. But if it's yeah. coming at me or if it's hanging above me where I know it's about to drop on me, we're going to have a fight. And guess who's going to win? And guys. I'm going to I'm gonna freaking win. We have a lot more to discuss with our, our wonderful interviewees. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Chinet. The Chinet brand provides premium disposable tableware to celebrate moments of togetherness. Yes, and right now that is more important than ever, especially when we're all apart. So recently I had a group and we had a a socially distanced barbecue where the host drew out circles and chalk that were six feet apart. And everyone showed up with their own chairs and beverages. And it was really convenient to have disposable products. And we we just had a, a lovely conversation. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. And I'm with the disposable products, I know that the China brand provides durable and trusted products, which I have used before, that let you enjoy every moment of the get-togethers and traditional or now not. And there are classic white products that can work for any gathering or cut crystal plates and cups when you want to make something a little extra special. Disposable tableware keeps things simple and cleanup easy. Chinet products are available wherever you buy groceries, including delivery or pickup. This episode is brought to you by Quip. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. The Quip Smart Brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. So you can track when you're brushing, get tips, you can earn points, and you can redeem those points for rewards. Already have a Quip? Upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love. And beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine. Equal-friendly solar battery charger to power your Quip with sunshine and the refresh bag to bring you good oral care habits everywhere you go. Plus, you can get brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills delivered from $5, and shipping is free. How smart is that? Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com slash stuffmom right now to get your first refill free. That is your first refill free at getquip.com slash stuffmom, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash stuffmom. Quip, better oral health made simple and rewarding. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Now let's get back into the interview. 
Yeah, so this is a really beautiful take because I, I, I think any, you know, I'm talking about that. These are the things that I haven't thought about in a long time, and I knew it existed that people come in to entertain, to give a distraction and love. And this is is really beautiful to hear hear your stories and um, how you're going into it. But with that, yes, yes, tell us the things that we need to know that we wouldn't have thought about once you go into. So one of the things to keep in mind anytime you are in um, a medical surrounding. You need to, uh, hygiene is super important. It's very important for us because we are moving across all levels of the hospital. We are entertaining kids with uh, compromised immune systems. Um, uh, some of them have no immune systems. You know, like we're, we're, we're dealing with kids who are, maybe they're okay normally, but anything extra, you know, uh, the chemo, uh, chemotherapy um, is really tough. Chemo and radiation are really tough on kids, and it really knocks down their natural defenses. So the last thing that we want to do is bring anything into them. So anytime we're on a new unit, we wash our hands. Um, and the way that you wash your hands, my friends. All right, so you take so your So for real, is there a song for it? Because if there is, I want you to sing it. Um, can we have it's that usually that you can do the alphabet or happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday. Okay. Yeah, but, so, well, that's how long you need to have right. friction oh, and bubbles. Yeah. That I knew. So the important, one of the most important things with hand washing is friction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first thing you're going to do is you're going to wet your hands. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And oh yeah, you want to take a video of <laughs> I'm this? Doing this? Samantha needs this information. Okay. Very cute. So, um, so your hands are now wet. So now you put the soap on it. And so this is how you go. You put your palms together. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And to uh, you. especially if it's our Open first wash of the day, uh, Gina would be no rings, no watch. Yeah, no rings. Those are um, great anytime, places for bacteria to. Yeah. Anytime hide. you have a shed that has rings on, don't eat their food because that's where bacteria hides. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're going to hook your fingers around each other. Now, this area right here, the pad at the bottom of the thumb and the thumb are often the most neglected areas. And the way you do that is you just kind of... Twist. Twist. You do a little twist. 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 (laughs) Right? So now you've gotten between your fingers, you've gotten the palms. You're going to rub the backs of your hands. And also, uh, if this is the first wash of the day, then I'm also going to be rinsing under my nails. So you scrape your nails, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to... You're still foamy and you're going to do your wrists... Right? And now you, you rinse from wrist to hand. Okay. Wrist. So wrist to fingertip, like that, okay? Shake it mm-hmm. and uh, then dry your hands and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And then we make sure we also foam in and foam out of rooms or gel in and gel out of rooms. Right. Um, so hand sanitizer. So hand sanitizer. They're awesome antimicrobial hand sanitizer, which has made my hands look like Baba Yaga's. <laughs> I only have chicken feet for hands now. <laughs> the terrible old lady hands. I'm going to be like Madonna and start wearing fingerless gloves. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's very, very important. Um, over 90% of infections are spread through touching your eyes. It's the mucous membrane in your eye. So mm-hmm. your eyes, your nose, and your mouth, you don't touch them unless your hands are clean. Mm-hmm. Um, super, super important. And then you wash immediately after you do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so for us also, we also wash after any time we get to give a kid a high five or, yeah. you know, any kind, any of that sort of interaction. Everywhere we go, there will mm-hmm. be um, signs that say if kids are on contact or contact droplet, if there's any reason why touching them might be... Um, passing infection from them to you, in mm-hmm. which case we gown and glove and put on masks to go into the room. But we also try to treat anybody that we encounter as a potential 
You don't know what they have. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing we want is for the clowns to, or anybody, to bring something to uh, somebody who has a compromised immune system or happens to be allergic to whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I think, was I working with you that time where uh, we were in a waiting room, the kids are playing and stuff, and I was watching this kid, I'm playing the ukulele, <gasps> and my partner's over here, was it you, mm-hmm. blowing bubbles or something? Mm-hmm. And this kid um, just like... Pulled the biggest <laughs> booger. booger out of yes. his mouth. He, he was clearly one of those booger kids. You yeah. know how they oh, are. The yeah. Booger kids. And you know, and then it went straight in his mouth. Oh. And then and mm-hmm. my, and Gina's going to give kids high fives. I'm like, not this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not gonna high five this guy. She gave she gave me the look. Yeah. And we have we have looks that are just like we're still in clown. And, and she'll just give me the no shaky. Oh boy, we're having fun, aren't we? We gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I passed this kid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there there are some um, gooey children. There are know? some gooey children. And that they is a great descriptor. Mm-hmm. Gooey children. Yeah. You know, they got those sticky hands and yeah. they got sticky faces. They still want to have fun, though. Of yeah. course. And sometimes they come up and they touch you and you can't stop them. Yeah. And then we have something called Oxivir, which is a fantastic um, antimicrobial uh, spray mm-hmm. uh, that we use, medical grade, and we can spray our costumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can also I have, have another cloth prop. Yeah. Uh, cloth we have props. a bunch of different things that we say. use. Yeah. yeah, I might need y'all around for the Dragon Con next year. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, one of the biggest things with Dragon Con uh, that I always tell my friends, the way to avoid the con crud, okay? You need to remember that any high-touch surface is essentially a Petri dish. Right. So when you get into the elevator... Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so when you get into the elevator, any door handles that you're dealing with, um, any chairs that you're sitting on, if you're touching the edges of the chairs in order to kind of scoot into them, um, anything like that, that is just germs. Right. And just cover everything. Cover all say. of your... And don't breathe. Yeah. Just use a hazmat and, suit as your cute gloves. outfit. In yeah. My, yeah. In my head, I'm just a pick, like, you know, how you see the germ sequences mm-hmm. in different mm-hmm. shows. Yeah. All I see is darkness <laughs> <laughs> and green Spreading. goblins coming at me. <laughs> I'm just like, what is this? Annie, you did not do a good job to prepare me on that level. I but, would like to say that. Look, I can't control fight, fight. everything. <laughs> yeah, we just met you, but we want you to fight. I love it. Yes. Um, I love it. So the, the big key, guys, is you just need to wash your hands. You do not need antibacterial soap. Regular soap and water is just easily the best defense. Purell is great, um, but it is not uh, as good as hand washing. So Purell kill everything. Purell is great as a as an intermediary type right. of thing. But you know, you should think about this with things like gas pumps. Right. Um, you know, it in being in this job, I'm constantly just like so anytime I need to touch my nose, I will take a fabric and I mm-hmm. I try not to touch my face at all anymore. Which also helps with breakouts. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> Adult acne is the worst. I was going to say, your skin is glistening. Thank so you. I don't it's know what you're talking about. about. It's yes. dewy. I'm young. See? Yes. <laughs> but it's not oily. Like, it's no. wonderfully yeah. done. Oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. You know, there's the just nice. saying. <laughs> um, oh, so, we got the hand-washing part. What yes. other parts of clowning should you share? Talents, what act- activities that you do, whatever. What is something we may not know? Um, well, we have rehearsal with the whole team, all 12 clowns, about once a month. And we also have 
an annual conference that we go to where we do skills exchange with clowns from other cities. More like clown friends. What? <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, wait. Where yeah. is it usually? Is it in one location or does it move, move around? Last year it was in Atlanta at the oh, Center for Puppetry Arts. Oh, hey. Yeah, and it's Fabu. And uh-huh. uh, 2020 conference will be in Dallas. Oh, yeah. there's one of our conferences is we happening might in be Dallas, there too. Similar to nice. oh my gosh. So the podcast weird. conference and the clown conference oh, come together. Oh, yes. The end. Now it's just going to yeah, be that's weird. the apocalypse. <laughs> the end. <laughs> that would be when the party goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And clowns actually know how to party. Oh, I believe, I believe that. Oh, yeah. They're I'm complicated, not strange individuals. <laughs> And I say yeah. that as a complicated, strange individual. So, yeah, I think we're we are all on that page here. So. Well, I was gonna say, but I feel like that's a lot of actors. Yeah, mm-hmm. in general, they're just so vibrant in personality, and just the way they think is different from me. Yeah, probably. Who is very analytical, and I'm like, what is happening? And that's okay. And like actors find opportunities. I'm like, yeah, okay, that, that made sense. I wouldn't have seen that. Anyway, mm, punchline scramble. Mm-hmm. You have your. Uh, oh yeah. She's got bags of yeah, props. Yeah, Wait, you have a whole bag? Yeah, well, no, I, but, uh, but you know, I have my, she has my a purse. purse. I love oh, that. I got my bag of props. Voice <laughs> got at least a tutor and a squeaker and some Tutor bubbles. and a squeaker. You never so, know like, when. Uh, here, so fist bump me. So this is one uh, of our. This is one of our big things. Cute. It will blow a child's mind. Yeah. Oh, I yes. guarantee you. Yeah. Uh, and so we can take this. And uh, we can fist bump it, or we can, through the magic of clown, we can the take the it a little off our nose and then put it at different places. Aww. And so then, like, the kid's elbow will be squeaky, or the kid's stuffed animal will be squeaky. Aww, that's cute. And the best is when they start trying to, like, kids don't have, uh, especially young kids, don't really know their own strength. Right. And don't know about um, gently touching things unless you're, like, gentle, gentle. Right. So if you... Put the squeak on their nose, and you squeak oh, their no. nose. Quite often, they will mash their nose. Oh no! So hard, and I'm just like, baby, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. <laughs> oh, and I should also say, as an addendum, I used to when I used to hear children crying, it would I would be like, oh my gosh, right? Let me go. Now, anytime I hear a child in distress, I'm immediately drawn to it. Yeah, and I want to figure out how I can help. Um, it's really it's a sea change, mm-hmm. and it's a 180. I, I'm just like, I'm like, hey, let me just tap dance for you. But do, 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 do. I was going to say, so when you see like kids that are staring at you at the airport, you're mm-hmm. actually putting on a whole show while everybody else is a little like trying not to look at the kid. Sometimes <laughs> we have a thing called check your shoes. Yeah. Um, which is uh, essentially look down, are you wearing your clown shoes? Oh. So if we're not on our shift, we're just normal humans, which means, well, okay, normal. Um, <laughs> but this is just some strange middle-aged lady who's making goo-goo faces at your baby. And, and trying to fist bump your two-year-old. Yeah, right. and it's, so there, there are some times where I, and then if you try to explain to them afterwards, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, like, a, like oh, no, I'm a, I'm a hospital clown. Then it just gets weirder. Ooh, yeah, sure. and, um, That's not, sure. the, it's not the right introduction to So it's not as right. like self-explanatory yeah. as you think. Everybody's yeah. going, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's right. You know, I, I am a big fan of parents, you know, guarding their children. Right, as they <laughs> yeah. should. From strangers. As they should, sure. yes. I but like I just, it. I mean, kids zero in on our faces, though. It's like they know that we're right. people or elves to play with. Kids at restaurants, so they try to make eye contact. They just know. Yeah, yeah. This person will play with me. Yeah. <laughs> so we we have squeakers, we have bubbles, uh, we have magic tricks. 
We have, uh, so I, I do a bunch of different bubble tricks, and uh, we also have jugglers. Uh, I love jokes. I love terrible jokes. They're my favorite. Oh, I love terrible um, jokes, too. Oh, she loves some good puns. Oh, my gosh. Oh, lovely. <laughs> we'll play a pun game once these mics are off oh. because it's not it's not entirely family-friendly. Oh, I see. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll do things like... Uh, uh, something called a French pass with these with these noses where, you know, you put it on your finger and then you're d- getting the kid to look at it and then you're making it disappear, yeah. right? And then I toss it over to her and then, oh, she's got it in her pocket, you know, and then <coughs> then I cough it back out and it's Ooh. in my hand or something like that. You know, okay, so you got me. Are you looking for it? Yeah, you got me. <laughs> I was like, I had a moment of like, <laughs> what, just ha- what just happened? Exactly. <laughs> Where'd it go? <laughs> You know, so it's about learning how to palm things or put things in your pockets. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, just having really stupid, funny things. Like, I have these tiny hands, mm-hmm. and I love to put on these tiny Oh, hands. no, those, those yeah. are so Maya's creepy. Like, <laughs> no, but then you give tiny high-fives. You go, tiny high-five, tiny high-five, or tiny, a small round of applause. <laughs> yep. Or we applause. have ukuleles, and I can strum the ukulele with one entire hand. Mm-hmm. And I say that that's classical. We do a lot of music, too. A lot of music. Some of the people on our team are really amazing musicians. And everybody on our team can really sing. Yeah. Really sing. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, you've been doing some good singing, which I appreciate because I do that often just on our podcast. I'll just randomly sing things out and everybody looks at me funny. Yes. And then tells me to stop because of copyright stuff. Yes. You know what? Don't let them dim your shine. Thank you. Say that it's, it's say that it's covered under parody. Yes. Yeah. Don't you know? hide your light under a bushel. I actually know the words of these songs. I'm just humming it. Yeah. Just keep it under 30 making, seconds and you're right. okay. And yeah. I'm making up words to it because I forgot the actual lyrics. Exactly. That parody, guys. <laughs> <laughs> are these things that you knew or that you picked up when you got into this? The, like, palming and magic tricks? Oh, it no, skills all, exchange. Yeah, and it all depends on the, on the clown and what your background is. I mean, some of our clowns primary backgrounds are mime or juggling or puppetry or improv or acting but i mean not everybody is a comes from an acting background it's really quite a variety so some people came in with you know, magic out the wazoo mm-hmm. and then that was great for everybody because uh, you know bill smith um, dr not right who's um, not on our team anymore unfortunately he lives in tennessee also and was making the drive he was um, making all the a, way here. An extremely from long run. No, from, I mean, from uh, Gatlinburg. Uh, Oof, yeah. But he's an but amazing magician and was so very good. generous about sharing his skills and taught us all a uh, French drop. Um, and if there was anything else you wanted to learn, he'd teach you a card force or, uh, you know, help you improve whatever, mm-hmm. whatever your dumb magic you were working on. And then um, uh, Tom Pierce is... Uh, a brilliant mime, and him and Tim Satimi, who's another one of our clowns, they're both wonderful mimes, and so they've helped work us, you know, when we have uh, uh, our our rehearsals and stuff, they'll help teach us how to do certain mime things, because one of the great things about this is that you are working with someone who has a skill set that you don't have, and you are finding ways to create bits with them, mm-hmm. and you're finding ways to make yourself look stupid and make them look wonderful, yeah. <laughs> or make them look stupid and make you look wonderful, mm-hmm. or yeah. get the kid on their side, or get the kid on your side, or get the kid to hate both of you, <laughs> you know, to have fun continually kicking you out of the room. <laughs> you know, there, there's just there's a million different ways to try to find ways to blend 
all of these different uh, skill sets. Um, Ron Anglin is like a master. At, there's this Chinese yo-yo, uh, which is also called the Diablo. He, it's it's insane because it looks like it's going to hit you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all swinging this thing around, and then he can make it bounce on it and do oh, all wow. these crazy things. And so fun. So and it's, this is a huge, you know, it takes up a lot of space, but he'll go into a kid's room and do and do it because he's got such great control. So wow. it's quite wow. impressive. Yeah. Is it Dr. Tiny? Dr. Tiny, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Tiny. <laughs> I'll look at all the stuff. Yeah, he's just like, and that adds an element of danger to a room, which is also exciting. Right. You mm-hmm. know, but he's a professional. So it's it's been one of those... Uh, wonderful joys to uh, you're, you're getting to know all of these different partners and uh, share jokes and share tricks and come up with different things. One of my things lately has been um, I really love to to draw um, on the paper towels um, <laughs> and then maybe I'll tear it up and then, then they have a puzzle. <laughs> or I'll make a list that keeps getting longer because the paper dispen- paper towel dispenser keeps getting longer. So we have to keep writing a list of, <laughs> like, you know, advice on how to be a cool teenager or things I'm going to do once I leave here or ways I could improve my outfit. I got that from one kid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. One kid was like, I don't know. You don't really look like a clown. And I was like, okay, cool. So what do I need to do? And they essentially described Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> But it was like bit by bit. <laughs> like you need red hair. You need big red shoes. <laughs> you need to be a man. Yeah. <laughs> I love using the uh, elements that are in the hospital room like that, though, like using the paper towels or the gloves and stuff like that. And uh, that's part of, we try to keep that in the back of our minds also because it's part of demystifying the hospital environment for right. the kids. So if we can turn this thing like the glove that they're used to having just be put on for something scary to happen or for something uncomfortable to happen, if we can turn that into a fish and blow bubbles and have the fish swim through, then maybe that'll be more fun. I, I was working with um, uh, one of our new clowns, uh, Dr. Googie, the other day, and we were on oncology, and there was a woman, um, she was crying, it was a mom or a grandmother, she was crying really hard and talking very quickly into her phone in the hall. She was speaking Spanish, so we didn't know exactly what she was saying. We just had a little bit of an idea of what she was saying. And in oncology, you know, you right. always have a it's little bad. bit of an idea. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, Googie went and took uh, a paper towel and folded it um, very beautifully into a paper rose. And we didn't say anything to her or anything. We, uh, he just walked by and handed her this rose, and, and we walked on. And, you know, sometimes that's the right kind of moment to provide for somebody. Mm-hmm. And then the next room we encountered was this boy about four or five years old, and we knocked on the door, and he opened it, and then he hid behind the door. And we looked for him a little bit, and then he popped out and was like, ah. And we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and, he pop- and then we just played this for like a while, and he kept hiding behind the door and then popping out, and we would get scared. And eventually he scared us enough that we ran off all the way down the hall and into a whole other area of the hospital. And a few minutes later, a nurse came running to us, and she's like, hey, um, did you go see room whatever it was? And we're like, um, 
um, I think we did. And she's like, I think maybe he wasn't in the room or something because they just asked for you guys to uh, come come there. And we were like, okay, well, maybe we had the wrong room or something. I don't know. So we went back there, and uh, we're about to knock on the door, and we looked at each other. We're like, oh, this is, this is the kid that chased us all the way down the hall. So, and he opens the door, and he says... You get your butts in here. Yeah. <laughs> and so we looked at each other and we went, okay. And we, walked, we walked to the doorway, we lifted up our coats, and we just stuck our butts into the room. <laughs> and then we ran off again. You know? And I'm like, it just, like, how did we go from like this yeah. beautiful rose right. to sticking our butts into this kid's room? Like, what, what is this job? It's so amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. We have just a little bit more for you listeners, but first, one more quick break for word from our sponsor. This episode of Stuff I Never Told You is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a lot different than most. We're staying at home for the most part, and many events we usually look forward to are canceled. We find ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players ages 10 and up, although many younger kids can play with initial adult guidance. It's a great way to keep families engaged and off screens, even if it is just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. Unlike the roll your dice, move your mice games, this is a little different. What are your experiences? The first time I played Catan was at our office game night, and it was so fun. It was quick to pick up. It was easy. It was social. We made it really competitive because we're a competitive group, but you don't have to. And what I thought was just going to be a, a short game among friends turned into an epic game night that we shall remember forever. <laughs> hours we played, hours. And uh, yes, I lost, but I had fun. You had fun. <laughs> well, obviously, it keeps you really social. And like you said, it is really easy to pick up, which is really nice right now. This year is the 25th anniversary of Catan. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of the podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code Mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Gotta tell you about Best Fiends. It's a game pretty much everybody's talking about. Morgan number two plays it sometimes before we start the show. You know, it really challenges your brain with the fun puzzles, but it's also a very casual game, so it won't stress you out, which is perfect these days, right? What's great is you can use the game as a way to connect with your friends and your family, all while social distancing. The game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated with over 100 million downloads, thousands of fun levels, and tons of characters to collect. You know, there are new in-game challenges and events every month, so the game's always fresh. You'll never be bored with it. You can even play the game without using Wi-Fi. So, here we go. You don't want to miss out on the game. Join millions of Americans and a lot of us here on the show who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. Just go over there, hit download Best Fiends for free. Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. I do think you'll like it. Friends without the R, Best Fiends. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Let's get back to the interview. Kids are honest and literal and strange in ways that I never really knew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Until they did this job. Oh man, there are some. My kids, kids are the weirdest. Yeah, they're really <laughs> the cute best though. Kids, though. The weird kids are my favorites. Yeah, there's. I mean, and there's. There are times when you have. Uh, you have times where you've got to just kind of step out and. 
because of maybe things that are going on in our personal lives, like uh, like my father was really sick at one point, and you know I was still working in the hospital while he was in the hospital oh. and that kind of thing. And so every now and then I just had to be like, just need a second, <laughs> okay, and right. then you keep going um, because you're there for the kids, right? Um, and that allows you to have even more empathy and compassion for what these families are going through, right. sleeping in these hospital rooms, right. you know, um, living there, essentially. Uh, and there are kids that come to CHOA from all over the world. Right, yeah. So you're dealing with different customs. Mm-hmm. There are some people that don't know that they're allowed to use the bathroom inside the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like there's different culture, cultural differences or different cultures from within Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, you have yes. people coming down uh, in, and they're getting all settled in, you know, and there's a whole family, like there's mom, dad, multiple kids, grandma, grandpa, and everybody's posting up mm-hmm. for this kid. Then there are some kids who don't have anyone right? Mm-hmm. or their parents are working mm-hmm. so that they can pay these bills and we're the ones who are able to go in there and break it up a little bit. Just break up the time. Right. Or kids who get checked in and then are left there. Right. Yep. Which happens. I mean, it happens. I had no idea that that happened yeah. until, like, yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, the, it's usually kids who have a lot of um, technological dependence on things like trachs or uh, um, complex medical stuff, and the family's just like— They uh, can't handle it. They can't handle it, and they're like, well— here at a place where people will take care of you, and then the children are there for months and months and months, and the nurses are trying to help them get into foster care, and mm-hmm. it's a—you learn about a lot of different realities. Right. So with that, because I'm actually a social worker, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I always ask, because obviously this field is very, very emotionally taxing and impacting, how do you care for yourselves? Like you were saying, you were having a moment because of the close relation mm-hmm. with the father— how do you actually take time and care for yourself? Well, um, <laughs> I think we should all be better at it than we are. But we do, <laughs> yeah. as an organization Agreed. and as a team, we do work on that. We work with uh, with a therapist, with a, a psychiatrist at awesome. each of our rehearsals. And we have group therapy, which we call emotional hygiene. Mm-hmm. It's another type of hygiene. Another mm-hmm. type yeah. of hygiene. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Don't just wash your so hands. Important. Wash your brain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And your heart. And your yes. heart. Um, and that's another one of the many, many reasons that we work in pairs always. Uh, a lot of that is about artistry and safety as well, but it's also about um, having a shared experience with somebody if you need to be able to, to talk about it later. We also spend 30 minutes at the beginning of each day while we're getting in costume and mentally preparing for performance. Uh, checking in with a partner about where they are emotionally and the most recent experiences they've had in the hospital. And at the end of the day, there's another 30 minutes to um, de-clown and debrief emotionally about the day. And everybody's always also open to receiving calls from each other if you feel like you need to call somebody mm-hmm. to talk about something weird. Because I know, like, my spouse, my husband doesn't want to hear about right. about it. Right, yeah. You know, so some spouses are great about it, but it's uh, it's like it's very weird to talk to somebody about it who doesn't have this. You know, if they don't understand the it, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we it's, try to help each other. It's a strange thing. 
you know. It and does. theoretically, we we all do yoga and meditate <laughs> and, uh, and yes. sleep well and drink right, water. Right. I eat chicken wings and drink beer. Yeah, <laughs> one way to do it. Yeah, I mean, come on, the local say. guys, am yeah. I right? Word search and wines. Yes, yes. word search and wine. I like that. Uh, I think we're all very we're very lucky um, in that uh, we because of the type of work we do, we're all okay with being vulnerable with yeah. each other. And that's the whole essence of clown is the vulnerability. Right. So. Yeah. We're, we're able to look at something, you know, look at this and be like, you know, this really messed me up. Um, and I need, I need to just say these words out loud right. about what this is, you know. And, you know, we do develop relationships yeah. with kids long term. Um, who are waiting for transplants or who are waiting to be put into foster care or who are going through cancer treatments, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we lose them. Right. And that is very hard Um, because, I mean, you know, we're there to be silly and goofy, but you also know that if you're walking into a hospital, you're also going to be dealing with mortality. Right. Yeah. Um, So you just try to do the best that you can and... Uh, remember those kids who have moved on, and sometimes but the kids are so inspiring. Like right. they are so resilient, and it's just they're amazing. ridiculous. They're ridiculous. They're wonderful. They're just like this kid, this one little spitfire of a girl who like um, like English isn't her first language, but she's been like in and out of all of these. Uh, different treatments and stuff, and I see her in one hospital, then I see her in another hospital, then I see her in day surgery and all this kind of stuff, and she will let you know what she wants. <laughs> oh, yeah. She Once goes, they get to know you, they learn that they can boss you around, and that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> she'll look at you and she'll go, show me a trick. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what about this one? I already seen that one. Oh. Um, she's like, you go over here. You go over there. You go over here. What's in your pocket? And she comes up and she's like face first into your <laughs> into your jacket. I carry a fanny pack now. And she's like, what's in this? No. You know? Open it. So, open it. She'll, she'll start unzipping it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know? But of course, it's full of really stupid stuff. You right. Know? So it's perfect. <laughs> exactly. Everything that she wants. Yeah. But she's, you know, like a, the last time that I saw her, one of my gags that I like to do is they have these big, uh, It's it's like marketing material that Choa has Mm -hmm. uh, that look like giant phones. And so I always carry them with me. And I'm like, hey, what's up? (laughs) And uh, so, so, or I pretend to, I can't unlock the screen because it's paper. And so I have to give it to a teenager. Um, (laughs) You know, it's paper thin, unbreakable. That's amazing. Uh, So I gave this, uh, I gave one to her. And then I had one. And we were talking to each other. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm doing all right. And she grabs my hand. And while her mother is talking to a social worker, she and I walk up and down the hall just having a conversation, not looking at each other, but holding each other's hand. And her hand is so tiny. And she's been through so much crap, but she still is going to boss me around, (laughs) and she still wants to have this imagination thing. So I say, you take that one home with you, and then you can call me on the phone when you want. You know, so it's, I don't know, it's awesome. Like, I don't want to, I still don't want to have kids, but I consider all the kids at the hospital to be my kids. I understand you completely. Yeah, they're so awesome. We had, there was this time um, when Gina and I, we were going to uh, 
into a waiting area or a, the playroom, I guess, in mm-hmm. rehab. Rehab is one of the places that I I feel like we can really do a lot of a lot of good. It's really tough, but it's we're very grateful to be there. Yeah, uh, and we were going in there, and there was a girl who was on a stand up um, wheelchair, and she was painting at this table. She was probably about three, and another girl sitting on the floor who was also probably about three, and she was playing with something. She had something between. Uh, like between her legs, she was playing with it. And uh, I looked at her sleeve, like her right sleeve, and it was empty. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know if she would, if it was, she had her arm strapped in for healing purposes or something, or if she didn't have an arm. Um, and I saw Gina getting ready to blow some bubbles, which is a lot of times our first entree for some, for kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I looked more closely at this little girl on the floor and she had shifted a little bit. And uh, she didn't have an arm on the left side either, and the, her arms weren't weren't strapped to her. She wasn't didn't have any braces or anything like that. She just didn't, didn't have, have arms. arms. And I had this moment where I was like, "Oh man, are we about to blow some bubbles for a little girl with no arms who isn't going to be able to, you know, yeah. finger pop?" Right. And, but I was like, "Well." here we go. So I kept playing ukulele and Gina uh, got out her bubbles and um, the little girl who was painting like, threw down her brushes and she lit up. She had both fi- a finger on each hand, pointer fingers, just pew, 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 <laughs> popping those bubbles. She couldn't be happier. And the little girl on the floor, she looked up, big smile on her face and just took her foot and went pew, 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 and just kicked the shit out of those bubbles, you know? And it was just this amazing moment, right. and we walked out of there, and Gina was like, adaptability, man. Yeah. It's just like, wow. I mean, that's Sheesh. the kind of thing where those kids just are, you're like, you are right. inspiring to Nothing me. She had like them. this, like, one of those, like, little fake car consoles in front of her with, like, mm-hmm. the wheel, and I, I saw that she was hitting the buttons and kind of turning the wheel a little bit, I was like, oh, no, oh, no. This kid's gonna. This kid, and she was amazing. Yeah. She was flexible. She was accurate. <laughs> yeah, and she blew Maya's mind. Yeah, and it was did. wonderful. She's got yeah. those high kicks in already. She had those yeah. high kicks. In. I She's like someone, that. Yeah, but it's you know if uh, if you meet people where they are, right, uh, and you go in there ready to not judge and not make anything weird and don't assume. You know? Yeah, I'm glad we didn't assume. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So coming back, obviously yeah. we are. Stuff I've never told you of very female focus or those who identify as female. And one of the, the ideas behind the clowns was we don't hear too many about female clowns in history. As in fact, mm-hmm. we were talking about one list only listed off like maybe six out of 100 as yep. part famous. How does, as women in clowning, what do you see some of the difficulties that you may have ran into, non-difficulties that you may have ran into, roadblocks that you are past or getting past or any of those situations? Um, well, I think we're fortunate on our team that we have several women now, which is great. It didn't always used to be that way, but mm-hmm. um, we've got strong women. But I think you're always, there's always a little bit in the back of your mind is because clowning is has such a relationship to comedy that you have to get over that hump of uh, women aren't as funny as men or like chicks aren't funny or Ugh. whatever, which is... It's right. so, so grody. Gina's so funny, guys. I'm hilarious, guys. I believe that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've seen it. I mean, I make myself laugh. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> right? Um, I uh, Not to uh, put too much energy into the tutor, but one thing that I found when I first started, my clown was really different when I started. I was 
a lot younger, guys. <laughs> and, um, and I was a little bit more feminine and cute and, um, you know, some of the stuff we could do back many, many years ago we don't do now. Like, I would never flirt with anybody at the hospital. But back, you know, back then, it, the clowns could flirt and it was cute and funny. Anyway... I digress. Uh, <laughs> but I carried a tutor because some of the guy clowns had tutors, and I thought toots were funny because they are. Because they're and hilarious. Objectively, um, yeah. But the general gag for the male clowns would be, you know, they uh, drop something on the floor, and then um, they go to pick it up, and they toot as they're picking it up. And I was like, oh, I, I, I could do that. Um, and, you know, I tried it, and, but it wasn't. It wasn't funny. Like I don't know what it, I don't know if it was the fluffy skirt or the piggy tails or what it was, but it was almost like my audience was just two percent concerned that maybe that really happened, <laughs> <laughs> and they felt you were too worried good. and embarrassed and awkward, for yeah. the for the cute little girl clown who maybe just tooted. <laughs> um, and I was like, come on, guys, it's funny. Yeah. So, you know, I kept trying to figure it out, and um, but it wasn't really working for me. And then I was walking with my partner back to the dressing room one day, and there were some, um, uh, some staff folks standing around. And I went up to this guy, and I was like, um, hey, man, uh, does, does this sound real? <laughs> And there was this silence, and then they all just cracked up laughing. And I was like, oh, because there are other ways to use I don't have to toot like my partner toots. I can right. toot like <laughs> I toot. Right. Right. And so then I found a whole bunch of different ways to use a tutor for co- various contests and even just, like, interrupting my partner constantly. Mm-hmm. And if I do it enough, then people are very clear that right. it's— oh, it was a joke. Oh, yeah. Got yeah. it. Um, Got it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, that's one, one thing I guess I had to realize is that— there are things that are that are socially constructed to be more inappropriate for women in general than for men in general, mm-hmm. and that finding ways to overcome that uh, the way a female can is really fun, and that in trying to learn how to be a clown, I don't have to learn how to be a guy clown. I have to learn how to be my clown. Mm-hmm. Oh, guys, that rhymed. Yeah, hey, that was a good one. So good. Oh my gosh, George, I got to write that down. Do. I thought that's the tagline for your life. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to be my clown. I got to be me. Yeah. Um, I, I come from the uh, improv world, which has uh, traditionally been very male-dominated. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, improv and theater. Um, I work at uh, Dad's Garage uh, Theater in town. Um, and that has also gone through kind of a major change with bringing more women and more diversity and that kind of stuff into the fold. But you do still run up against these societal buffers. And one thing that I've really enjoyed with my clown is that I make her, she is so dumb and she's so energetic and she's so ready to party and like kick up her foot and be ridiculous. Um, so it's kind of, I'm playing at the child's level uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but I also, you know, I like to do like little stand-up routines, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and say terrible, terrible jokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I, there, there is that uh, dichotomy of like, you know, being uh, feminine because I have, my one of my dresses I have is uh, is my new one. I love it. It's all pink and it has angry cat faces on it. Yes. Oh man, it's so great. <laughs> um, 
but that you can be feminine and wild and rambunctious and uh, looking to get into trouble. Um, but it's it's a uh, you know there's also you know talking about like how culture. Uh, progresses, right? So things that were once appropriate in comedy are no longer really appropriate in comedy. Um, that also sort of goes for clowns in the sense that people of my parents' generation, they knew clowns as like a safe and adorable, and they'd be like, oh, the clowns, clowns signifies having fun. So sometimes the parents or the grandparents will look at us and be like, oh, hooray. But kids, because clowns are not you know, circuses aren't as prevalent anymore. Um, clowning isn't as prevalent anymore in our culture. It is in other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we're also kind of introducing a foreign concept. Right. Um, we are quite often the children's first clowns. Mm-hmm. They've never met a clown before. Right. Um, I do believe that, in a sense, um, our femininity can work for us uh, if you have a particularly high-stress room or high-stress child. Um, and we're able to come in with a different type of energy. We're not as physically intimidating necessarily because, um, you know, sometimes our dudes are big. Um, and uh, so we're able to kind of go in there and um, possibly have a uh, – maybe from that child's perspective, this is a safe, a safer person. But that's not always true. I mean, we have, we have lovely – gentle, wonderful men on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all are trained and really knowledgeable about making themselves uh, smaller, appear yeah. smaller or more approachable or more gentle. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're really wonderful guys. So if you're able to kind of build on that image. Um, but I... I don't know, like, uh, Punky Brewster is one of my heroes right. um, for... You know, I know there are people out there who don't know who, who that is. I forgot about her. That, wow. is, that is a crime that people don't know. So they move fry. Yeah. It's Punky Brewster. Um, it's been but, a long time. Yeah, right? It's been a hot minute. But she was kind of this awesome, I try to take that energy where she is spunky and, you know, she wears mismatched things and right. she's, it, it's the joy of clowning. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We are lucky that, you know, we are not only respected as clowns, but we are respected as uh, women in a profession uh, as we go through CHOA when we're doing check-ins, you know. Uh, also, the, the nursing force, which, which is what we interact with mm-hmm. the most, is also prevalently women. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing, uh, we're speaking with a lot of women who are in very tough professional positions. And let me just tell you guys, anyone who's listening, if you ever have a nurse... You better be nice to that person. Oh, man. <laughs> they do so much work. They yeah. carry so much on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. They are—they're heroes. They are literal heroes. I, I see some of the things that they've had to deal with, and they go through it with grace and humor, and I just—I I look up to them. I idolize yes. them. Mm-hmm. So don't you be mean to your nurses. <laughs> be nice. Agreed. Gina's going to come get you. No, for <laughs> real. I won't show up in clown makeup because I don't want to add to any stigma. There we go. Yeah, please don't do that to me. There we go. No, that I'll was, just be tough. That would be cruel. <laughs> um, before we get to like closing out, 
final shout-outs and stuff. Do you have any, perhaps, advice for listeners who might be interested in clowning or um, any anything you want to add that we haven't touched on that you think is really important? Um, hear the wheels clicking in our head. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like I could give a whole dissertation probably. Because she's a nerd. But I really think that one of the things that's challenging for us that I think we could ask of everybody is just to keep an open mind um, about the idea of clown because for most people I think it's not what you uh, initially assume, at least here in the United States. Um, Mm -hmm. The idea of of clowning is really different than it is in Europe and in other places. Mm -hmm. And the... The clown is so um, is still a healer and uh, and a, a new way to look at yourself through somebody else and a way for um, somebody to make mistakes for you instead of you having to do it and mm-hmm. it, and is the opportunity for uh, an emotional conversation and uh, and for play and fun and whatever it is that somebody needs in any given moment. And I I think that that's really beautiful and that that's the essence of clown. And I, I hope that people will think about that and give that idea a chance. Um, and I think that we're helping to do that in what we do. Cause, uh, I hope so. I hope so, too, um, because it's so, it's so special. Yeah. So, and, and remember that we're just people. I think, you know, we've had these conversations with some adults who are are, uh, like, I'm afraid of clowns or some kids who hear that because they've heard their adults say that, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, You know, sometimes we'll do like noses off or something like that and just say, I'm just just a person who likes to make you laugh um, or who likes to be there. Uh, If you're interested in it, I mean, there are so many wonderful uh, resources now. To, to study um, clowning in different places. Uh, check out, you know, like uh, there, what does clowning look like in other cultures? Uh, looking at some of our f- physical comedy greats like Buster Keaton, um, going and watching some of his old stuff because that stuff is still hilarious today. It yeah. is. And Chaplin and Bill Irwin. Yeah. And oh, then Bill Irwin. He's such for, a dreamboat. Uh, <laughs> women, you know, if you look at Annie Fratellini and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Karen DeSantos, you know, there's some great... Even Carol Burnett. I mean, she yeah. has a lot of clown in... And Lucille Ball. But, I mean, uh, great. Yeah. I mean, physical comedy and clowning. We can, yeah. I would consider those ladies Absolutely. clowns for sure. So, you know, go out and do your research and see... And if go you train can, in the studio. Yeah. Go to New York and take a workshop with one of the greats. <laughs> or come... I don't... Don't go to Los Angeles. So. <laughs> yeah, to Florida. I don't know. There it was. I don't Florida. Know. Florida. In the story. Anyway. Go, to, go to see Florida Man. Florida Man <laughs> will always help you. Um, I don't know. I think that the idea is to, the, the more well-rounded you can be as a performer and as a person, the better a clown you'll be. So immerse yourself in books and in history and uh, learn a couple of fart jokes. Um, you know, what? Good advice. That's good yeah. There we go. Maybe learn a couple bubble so tricks. Classless. Invest in a tutor. <laughs> learn a couple songs. My mom is not proud of me right now. Um, <laughs> yes, she is. You're wonderful. <laughs> but go to different places. Like you know, there are still things that exist, like Eddie's Trick Shop. Mm-hmm. You know, these awesome like little magic stores. You know, or uh, I love. Uh, 
Costumes, etc., is another great resource in Atlanta where you can go in and like when I was a kid, I used to go into Spencer's Gift and buy oh, yeah. like oh, buy, yeah. like the snapping gum oh, yeah. or like the can of peanuts with the snake in it. I've always been a goofy weirdo. I taught myself ventriloquism as a child because I thought it might make me popular. <laughs> It didn't. It was Montgomery, Alabama, and I was already weird oh, enough. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then I buried that memory until I needed it as a professional <laughs> 20 years later. And it got Wonderful. you a job. It got you a job. Botox yeah. monologue. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's. I would say, building on what Maya said, the the thing that will make you a wonderful, bankable performer is the thing about you. It's that it's you. It's what you're bringing to the table. You know, so maybe you don't want to work in a hospital, but there are innumerable other ways that you can use the art of clown to engage people and to bring joy. Because, guys, I don't know if you noticed, but the world is a little bit of a garbage fire right now. Things are really scary. So any way that we can bring joy uh, and comfort and connection to other people is just its the best. That's lovely. I'm, I'm so glad we... We got to have you both on here because I feel like I have learned a lot, and I hope that listeners will will learn a lot and appreciate this. Yeah, it's definitely changed my perspective. Yes, for sure. Yes. So, um, how can people find you, Maya? Yes. Um, so you can go to our website, which is humorologyatlanta.org. We fancy y'all.org. Oh. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And you can feel free to contact us there. Uh, but I think probably, especially for more of you younger folks, if you want to get us on the Facebooks um, or Instagrams. Or Instagrams. Mm-hmm. Or on the Instagram. I'm not sure I say this right. So I, on Facebook, we are Humorology Atlanta Ha. So come check us out there. On Instagrams, we are Humorology Atlanta. All one word. Jace. Cases don't matter. Jace. Um, and we have some videos on uh, on our YouTube channel as well if you want to check you it out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally go check that out. Um, and we will definitely link it to uh, the episode when we publish this for sure. Oh, cool. I'm and so I don't know when you guys are publishing this, but if, it, if you're publishing it before September 21st, we are having a huge performance. All of our clowns are performing on the 21st for so our— So you guys want to come. Yeah, if you guys want to come, you're invited. Um, there's going to be everything from Diablo to some hilarious dancing, traditional clown bits, um, less traditional clown bits, juggling, singing, singing, um, you name it. Just some it's good old happen. clowning around. Clowning around. And it's I'm our, so proud of you for saying that. <laughs> it's our annual fundraiser, and uh, all, all proceeds go to uh, help bring... More joy to people in need of joy. Where is it at? It is at Holy Innocence Episcopal School in their Performing Arts Center. Okay. It's in Sandy Springs. Yeah, it's actually, like, super nice, guys. It's really cool. Yeah, it's somewhat somewhat fancy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And there's free parking. It's totally air-conditioned. How you like that? It's a great place. You sold me. Is there adult beverages? Uh, you can. It's a church place. I just realized this. <laughs> I, um, you, I need to go home. You, I mean, it could be a Catholic. I mean, they drink a lot of wine. We, 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 we totally do. recommend that you that you pre-party. <laughs> but oh, we will. You got a pre-game. <laughs> I kind of forgot there's also kids, clown. Okay. <laughs> all okay. right, guys. I'm there. So everybody's going to be tailgating. Mocktails <laughs> for all the clowns. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Perfect. It'll be super fun, I promise. So that brings us to the end of this episode, this interview. We hope you enjoyed it as much as as we did. And I just found it, like we said, really inspiring. And also, I just, I hadn't thought about it in that way. And as they said, they actually do have an event Saturday if you happen to be in Atlanta. And that sounds like an amazing, amazing event. September 21st. 2019. So, uh, of course, this is... Yeah, depending on who you listen. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're listening as it's coming out and you're around Atlanta and you have, you know, you want to support something amazing, they're doing a great benefit. Um, We'll definitely put a link to that or at least link to their website to do that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, definitely check that out. And uh, we would love to hear from you listeners if you have any clowning stories of your own, um, you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thank you, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you crack open an American history book, it's sure to be filled with founding fathers, bloody wars, and the inventions that brought this country to the industrial age. But there's a whole other world that waits for us in the shadows. Tales of unlikely heroes, world-changing tragedies, and legends that are unique to this country's spirit. So join me, Lauren Vogelbaum, for a tour of American history unlike any other, through a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Aaron Menke's Grim and Mild. Get ready for American Shadows. Listen to American Shadows on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. In this time of pandemic and revolution, do you find yourself frustrated at high levels of corruption and inequality, at our inability to get basic things done, at the persistence of systemic racism? You're not alone. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.